Welcome to the Business Developers Network, where today's leading business developers share and learn innovative business development concepts to generate greater value for their businesses. Hosted by Artie Ruderman, Principal of Innovative Growth Solutions. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. And now, please welcome your host of the Business Developers Network, Artie Ruderman. Welcome. According to Forbes, 195 people became billionaires in 2017. Today, we will be talking with Shane Cannon, whose vision for his company, Vidco, is on track to make him one in 2020. Shane is the chief executive officer of Vidco. Vidco is over-the-top television streaming service offering next-gen TV with live linear programming. In a moment, Shane will explain exactly what that implies and why Vidco will own a billion-dollar market segment of streaming services. Shane has been in the forefront of wireless revolution since early 2000, starting with mobile cell phone sales, then bundled services for phone, internet, video, and Shane and his associates realized the market was heading into streaming services. Shane is an entrepreneur who founded three companies that acquired over 200,000 subscribers, generating over $2.5 million annual revenue. He hosted the International Electronic Consumer, I'm sorry, the International Consumer Electronics Show in 2017. Shane is a graduate of Utah with a BA degree in International Relations, Political Science, and Spanish. And just to learn a little bit more about Shane, I'm going to start by asking, tell us about that degree and why Spanish? Oh, thank you, Artie. Pleasure. Nice to be here today. Um, I lived in Argentina and Buenos Aires for two years and uh, got a flair for international travel and, and thought I would become an expat, expat and work overseas. Uh, so I did poli-sci international relations in Spanish, and um, that's how I got started. Enjoy business, business travel, enjoy understanding and living in new cultures, and um, also love technology. And long story short, I've morphed into an entrepreneur over time. Well, then how did you get into the mobile phone and internet and streaming services? So my first job out of college, I worked for a satellite paging company called Skytel. Uh, we sold international pagers to the business traveler, the frequent business traveler. And I met a gentleman from Mexico City who owned a cellular company. And he invited me to go to Washington, D.C. and run his institute. So it was uh, like a trade association for Latin American wireless carriers. Did that for two years, promoted trade shows in Latin America to all the cellular carriers and operators. Uh, shortly after that, I went to work for AT&T Wireless and um, got my start in mobile and selling direct-to-consumer. Very interesting. So you went into the entrepreneurial side rather early? Yes. Actually, w- while working at AT&T, I was an indirect account manager supporting small business accounts, agents that owned and operated their own wireless or cell phone stores. And being around so many entrepreneurs rubbed off on me. Their spirit, their their drive, their innovation, their creativity rubbed off on me and Frankly, I, working at AT&T, a very well-known, established company, I had more interest in owning and controlling my destiny and, and sharing in the upside uh, rather than working for a corporation of 50,000 people. Well, this is interesting, and I know our listeners want to learn how an entrepreneur takes a vision and makes it into reality. Uh, you have been, uh, f- I think, 
founded, I should say, uh, Vidco in 2016. Yes, got involved with streaming space uh, three-plus years ago. I've been selling satellite TV direct-to-consumer for 13 years, sold uh, Dish Network and DirecTV, ran and operated call centers and basically customer acquisition companies to acquire customers for those two brands. And over time, I saw the market shift towards streaming, especially in my own home. I noticed the way my kids watch Netflix. And all of a sudden, instantly, they were watching on their cell phone or their iPad and watching their own content, picking what they wanted to watch rather than surfing through channels. And so I saw the shift occurring, and I decided I wanted to be a part of it. Well, this is, this is an excellent uh, case study because we're going to look at Vidco's vision, your, your strategy, uh, your insight, uh, and your plans for your outreach and, and marketing and sales. And, we, and, and each and every one of those, we can take a few minutes, and also you can bring in any past lessons that you've learned that would help us. But I do want our listeners to know that this is a three-year startup that has already gained traction. Uh, there are over 50,000 likes on Facebook and over 4,000 on Twitter at, the, at this time. So you're moving in the right direction. Thank you. Yeah, if I could add, I... It shows the, the need and the desire in the market for an independent streaming provider to have that many followers so early on just resonates and, and proves that the cord cutter or the streaming market is, is looking for an up-and-coming startup. Well, let's talk about TV with live linear programming and what that means. Sure. So I get asked all the time, is, is Vid, Vidgo a competitor to Netflix? And the answer is no, we're a complement. So if you think of Netflix, they're traditionally – recorded content or what's referred to in the industry as video on demand. Uh, Vidgo is live programming, so you're watching live sports, you're watching the soccer game, the World Cup, you're watching your favorite sitcom, you're watching the the news at night. That's what live linear programming is, where uh, Netflix is creating their own content, it's recorded, it's on demand, it's not live programming. That's the main difference. Mm -hmm. So the, the vision here was to bring live programming to what market? We're specifically focusing on the mobile market. So we've done some partnerships and some of our distribution is, is centered around mobile distribution. I believe and I've seen studies that close to 75% of consumers will consume video on their mobile device. So it made sense for us to focus on customers and partners that target mobile customers because that's where we'll start. And then we'll expand and support a set-top box like a Roku or a Fire Stick, Apple TV as well. Now, I, I always talk about firmographics, and firmographics are the markets, if you will, or the industries that any uh, company strategy is targeting. You have a very specific firmographics. Correct. So as I mentioned, with the mobile customer, we decided to pick a segment of the market that everyone else is ignoring, uh, play in a different sandbox, so to speak. So we believe there's an underserved market that the cable and satellite and streaming providers are ignoring and that's the cash pay, the underserved market, and we've developed relationships to target that customer base. So we're going to be laser-focused on a very uh, niche demographic and deliver customers that the satellite cable and streaming providers can't deliver. And your insight has discovered that uh, right now there's 10 to 20 million potential subscribers who are not currently in the pay TV ecosystem, and by 2021 that could grow to over 40 million. Correct. As an entrepreneur, you look at markets that have huge growth and huge upside, and, and streaming is absolutely one of those markets. Uh, as I mentioned, I was in satellite for 13 years, and I saw my customer base declining, and I've noticed the growth curves in streaming are 
frankly, the only part of the pay TV industry that's growing. So I wanted to be a part of a growth industry again and, and take advantage and gain our percent of the market share. So talk about your, you have the insight. Mm-hmm. We all have vision. We all have dreams at night. Where does it all come together? So in other words, you, you, you have the vision. You did your analytics. But now it's got to connect. You have to have a strategy, and it has to be more than a strategy. You need to have a means of employment. So it needs to be um, financed, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it needs to be connected to the market. So talk about that aspect. Great question. So we're doing a Series A capital raise right now. We just closed a seed round, raised a little under 500000 to fund this. Uh, we're doing a Series A round, primarily speaking with venture capital firms, uh, to fund this. We need uh, funding to pay... Uh, deposits with the programmers to carry networks like ESPN, Fox, A&E, some of the major networks that you're familiar with. Uh, So we're in a capital uh, raise phase, and we expect to complete that in the next 30 to 45 days. Uh, Beyond that, our strategy with distribution, we have some partnerships with mobile uh, phone companies that have points of sale around the country, 10,000-plus points of sale that we're partnered Mm -hmm. with. So our go-to-market strategy is to target the mobile customer, deliver a customer that no one else can. The app is a free download in the Apple or the Android store. They'll be able to register in these mobile locations and sign up for Vidgo. And then, of course, we'll do traditional digital marketing with social media and Facebook and and Google paid search and whatnot. So we're going to reach as much of the market as we can, but we're going to focus on executing, targeting this underserved uh, cash-paying customer. And you actually have a plan to develop that, and that plan is to have sales representation in retail stores? Correct. With these mobile uh, locations, as I mentioned, there's 10,000-plus. There's a field field sales force of over 100,000 agents. Many of these are mom-and-pop, independent-owned operators where you buy your your cell phone, your accessories, your cases, your chargers. Some of them you buy prepaid calling cards. Some of them they're uh, cash-pay services. Uh, we have distribution in all those. We'll have point-of-sale materials, posters, brochures, collateral, window clings to get the brand and get the message out. But these independent sales agents are our feet on the street. They'll be selling the product for us. And the beauty is we don't have to employ those. They're employed by someone else. They earn a commission for selling our product. And all we need to do is deliver them basic sales collateral and point-of-sale material, give them a, uh, the product to use and sell, and it sells itself. Just as an example, these locations are doing 10 to 15 million transactions a month uh, where these customers walk in and, and do a purchase. So we have a captive ar- audience on day one to sell Vidgo for us. Well, talk about innovation disruption. Thank you. So, <laughs> so overnight, uh, you could have – actually, I don't know if it is overnight. Maybe you can talk about how that developed. But you have the potential of having 100,000 sales representatives for your company. Correct. It'll be a ramp period. It will take, you know, 90, 120 days. But after a ramp period, we'll have 100,000 sales agents selling our product for us that aren't a part of our payroll. So that, very exciting. And uh, we get distribution instant from day one, to your point. That is, that is amazing. And that's why I wanted to have you on the air, because uh, I saw or heard your presentation, and I saw that it's very plausible that this could become a, a billion-dollar company by 2020, 2021, just based on the uh, market plan that you have, um, which is based on uh, the financials for the company would be based on generating revenue. How now? Would it be through subscription? Correct. There's monthly subscription revenue. It's a prepaid uh, 
television service, so you pay in advance for the service 30 days at a time. We make a small amount of margin on the subscription revenue. The bulk of the revenue will come in advertising. Uh, we have a certain mm -hmm. amount of time slots per hour where we get the revenue from the advertising. And the beauty of this is we, we're able to do what's called hyper-targeted advertising. So we know what Artie likes to watch on which device and what time, and I can serve up very customized content and charge a premium for those ads. So this way we can get a higher CPM uh, for the customer than is traditional in satellite or cable. Well, uh, that's very important, and, and I always talk about uh, when having an outreach plan, you already know your value proposition. You already know your firmographics. So that helps you uh, pinpoint uh, how to connect to your target market, which your target market would be, as of now, an underserved market. How would you describe an un underserved market? I would describe that as a customer that is challenged from getting satellite or cable that's often required to pay a hefty deposit of a couple hundred dollars, buy equipment unnecessarily. The beauty to this is this is an app. You download it. It's free. There's no cost to the customer. All these customers already have smartphones. They have mobile devices. So there's not an upfront cost for the customer to get our product. They try out the service and We've tailored our package around their demographic. A lot of the customer we're going to be targeting is male, 20 to 45 age. So that's why we chose a lot of sports, family-friendly, and entertainment programming anchored around ESPN, Fox, A&E Networks, and some major sports channels as well. See, th that is very important because once you have your, your outreach plan and you're connecting to the market, you know what language to speak, what music to play, what colors to wear. You're absolutely channeling your message to your firmographics so they understand it. Agreed. And that's part of the beauty of the business. And again, this is going back to my satellite days. We, we acquired customers that the mass market tended to ignore. One popular feature of satellite is international programming. So uh, groups that have that live in the U.S. from other countries, right? They like to watch programming from home. And so we sold a lot of, uh, acquired a lot of customers because of particular programming. And we'll do the same thing with VidGo. That's, that's very interesting and very intuitive on, on your part. Thank you. Um, uh, you shared proprietary technology in a presentation, but I don't know if that's something that you want to discuss on air. I think it's fair. Uh, that's one of our advantages coming to market is our technology, the team that we've partnered with. Uh, we're partnered with a company here in Atlanta called Tulix Systems. Tulix streams uh, television today and has been doing it for close to 10 years, so it gives us uh, a cost advantage. We've got the experience. We've got a group that uh, streams hundreds of channels today of international and religious programming, so we got that expertise behind us. Uh, they're actually a 20% equity owner in Vidgo, and so we're strategically aligned to go to market together. And from a cost perspective, it it saves us a lot of money. We don't have to invest in infrastructure, and they contributed intellectual property to our venture that uh, added tremendous value. Well, I'm looking at the uh, partners that you currently have rights to. Mm -hmm. um, you want to discuss some of them and how they came about? And, and, and by the way, I'm always interested in taking an, a, an initial idea you know, and being knocking on the door of that very first partner. Thank you. So it was... Uh, content rights are what we call the holy grail in the industry. They're very difficult to obtain. Uh, we've gone after major networks to add legitimacy and uh, validity to our product, right? So we've anchored around ESPN and Disney as a primary, Fox, uh, A&E networks. The reason we did that is, again, back to the demographic of the customer that we're targeting. We feel it resonates. We also feel that live sports is so critical and a differentiator for us. 
Uh, there's a number of streaming providers out there. Many of them just have a couple of the channels, and our goal is to go to market with a more meaningful, bigger bundle of content of sports and family and entertainment. Uh, we also picked a price point that we think will resonate in the market. Uh, a lot of people ask me, you're coming to market with five or six competitors, does that worry you? And no, the answer is it gives us an opportunity. We can react. It's like going to battle late and reacting to the battlefield and having a strategic vision. So our offering, our channel lineup is very specific. It will resonate with customers. We reach and target a lot of Latinos. We'll have a unique uh, channel lineup that, that speaks to everyone. And what was the reception early on when you first brought this to a potential uh, content provider? So the, the barrier to entry is huge. Yeah. And the barrier to entry is twofold. It's technology and it's finances. Um, so uh, interesting story. I, speaking with Fox, they told me they get approached by 50 to 70 com- companies um, a year to, to be a streaming provider, and they tell them all no. And the reason why is their fear is they're not incremental to the marketplace. But we were able to convince them with our business strategy of targeting the cash pay, the underserved customer that is not a part of the marketplace. They felt we weren't stealing a satellite or a cable customer. So you hear this term cord cutting, right? And cord cutting is something we should cover and talk about. Those are customers that are leaving satellite and cable because their bill is too expensive or they have big bundles of channels that they never watch and they're tired of paying for. So yes, we reach that, but more importantly, we we bring a customer that does not pay Comcast today or DirecTV. They're just not part of the pay TV ecosystem. And that's what I really wanted to do was create a payment ecosystem where cash-paying customers can go and pay for television with Vidgo, and they can't do that anywhere else. So once again, it's an a innovation disruption by your company providing just enough, and they're not overpaying for what they really don't use or need. Agreed. And we're playing in a sandbox that no one else plays. By targeting the cash pay underserved market, I'm not out spending marketing dollars against DirecTV and YouTube and, and the 800-pound gorillas. We focus on our sandbox, our customer, and execute and uh, have a goal to get a couple million customers. Well, I know you're not in this alone, and anyone out there listening who might be interested in the investment side, they'd be interested in knowing who your associates and your team are. You want to talk about them? Sure. So uh, we've got a group, myself, um, Zeev Rahim, who's a partner of mine who used to sell uh, cell phones and satellite with me and actually introduced me to the satellite business. Uh, Zee founded a cell phone company and a satellite company that was sold and acquired for over $20 million. He's acquired over a million customers. Uh, he had retired after the sale of his company, hmm. heard about the Vidgo opportunity and, and the chance to own the customer, own the revenue stream, always what he wanted to do with satellite and he came out of retire to work with us. Also partnered with a gentleman, Kevin McFeely, who has 20-plus years' experience in the cable industry, and he's done an incredible job negotiating content rights and getting the programming rates where we need them to be for us to be successful. So our team has success. We've acquired customers before. We've sold companies before, and we know how to execute. Well, that's important because it's uh, whenever I talk to uh, CEOs or or chief executives, you have to keep an alignment of vision with capabilities, with assets, with finance, with, with infrastructure and labor and capability of producing. So you have the, the team to produce your product. Yeah, between us, I mean, you're close to 100 years' experience when you add everyone on the team together. We've got some great technology partners. Don't let me forget them. Without them, we couldn't do this. Between Tulix and some of our software engineers and our technology vendors, 
we've come up, we put together a giant puzzle to make what we feel is the, the perfect streaming solution. So we talked about vision, we talked about insight, we talked about interpreting insight into strategy, we talked about your outreach plan and connecting to your market and sales. Um, is it too early to talk about competitive pricing uh, against the, uh, the industry at large right now? Uh, I'm happy to say we're going to have three rate plans under $49. Uh, we're going to have a Latino-specific package and then two English, uh, what we'll call hybrid packages, all below $50. Um, from a competitive standpoint, I consider we have a half dozen competitors. There's Sling TV. There's DirecTV Now. There's Hulu Live. Uh, there's Sony View, YouTube TV, and a company called Fubo. So those are what we call live streaming platforms, and that's who we'll be competing against. Uh, but again, we're going to focus on a customer that they're not focused on, this underserved customer, and we're going to prove that model works and, and get our slice of the pie. Well, there's, there's two strategies that I always come across. If you're, if you're going against established companies, they usually have higher overhead. So if you're operating at a lower overhead, you'll be able to offer a better value to your subscribers. 100% correct assumption. So our, our advantage is our cost structure. Back to my cellular days, my biz, the biggest lesson I learned was com companies went out of business from having too much overhead, and we're not going to make that mistake. This is a technology company. We do not need hundreds of employees for this to be successful. Uh, it's servers. It's a number of engineers, an executive team, a small customer service team to answer uh, technical questions, and, and that's the only overhead we're going to have. We're going to be successful because our cost structure is lower than everyone else's. It, I, I mean, this is absolutely uh, the definition of, of a, it, innovation disruption because with a small base, uh, relatively little capital needed for the investment, given what we're talking about, you're trying to achieve. Uh, and also the very fact, and this is the key part, is connecting your, to your market that base of 100,000 representatives, which are not being paid as regular sales commission people would be, or maybe they're commissioned, but you're not, you don't have sales salaries is Correct. what I'm, I'm talking about. Um, so that is really a disruptor, uh, that you're able to have that much market reach. That's yeah. very visionary on your part. It's exciting. It opens the door to other opportunities. This is where we start. We expand from there. And, and the partnerships, one thing I've learned in business is you never build a bridge. You always maintain relationships. And uh, selling satellite over the years, I have a lot of relationships of partners that will sell our product for us. We've, uh, just to give more on my background, selling satellite in a call center, half the customers that come in don't pass credit. It's so you're turning away revenue. And that was one of the reasons I got into this business because I we'd spend money to make the phone ring and people to call us or go to our website and click. And we people would call us ready to buy and we couldn't service that customer. And I wanted to build an, a product where we can service everyone. So the only requirement for VidGo is you need internet. As you know, whether it's your phone or your home internet, as long as you have internet, VidGo will work. And so we can serve the entire country. And I wanted to have a product where we can serve everyone. And we don't have to turn down people because of credit checks or, or bad credit. You pay in advance as a prepaid service. There's no risk to us. We're paid up front. And they, they're month to month. There's no contract. In the few minutes, thank you. In the few minutes that we, that we have left, uh, is, is there any topic that we didn't cover that you'd like to talk about? I would just reiterate that cord cutting is real. Uh, yes, I, it is. I moved to Atlanta a year ago, cut the cord with my family, having used and sold satellite for 13 years. It was a little different to get used to, but 
it was the right decision. I shaved my bill from $120 a month to 50 mm-hmm. and that's meaningful. The other thing that we haven't talked about are box fees. There's a pain point. Customers that have cable and satellite are sick and tired of paying fees for boxes. It's rental. It's extortion. They don't need to pay that. The beauty is with streaming, it's a one-time purchase. You buy a Roku box for 20 or $40, or you download the app for free, and you never have a box fee again. So that's a, important to resonate and know that the cord-cutting market is very uh, disappointed with the fee structure, and they feel they're being ripped off and taken advantage of, and that's why they cut the cord. That's why they leave satellite or cable, because they know they've been paying too much for years, and it's liberating for them to cut the cord and, and to go to a streaming provider. So I'd also stress that VidGo is an independent. Where As you cut the cord, we use this analogy of David versus Goliath. You're leaving the monster, the 800-pound gorilla that took advantage of you for years. And so VidGo is an independent, I think, will really resonate with customers. I, I think it will, and I'm glad that you were on board uh, telling us about it, and that's why I wanted you to come on. Um, how would people get in touch with you? So uh, Shane at vidgo.com, simple email. Uh, my contact information I'm happy to share. We're speaking with lots of people that have interest in investing in Vidgo. Um, and from a consumer standpoint, a marketing standpoint, I'm always open to discussions for new programs we can do to, to reach consumers beyond the traditional. I'm a big believer in innovation. You innovate every day. You're always creating your competition. Think what they would do and, and be one step ahead. Excellent. Any stories from the past that you'd like to share with us? Uh, never give up. You've got to focus. Keep your eye on the ball. People are going to tell you no, and that's okay. Uh, if your idea is right, you believe in it, you see through it. We live in the greatest country in the world, and, and this is the best place to start a company is the United States. You know, before we sign off, you just mentioned something that caught my interest, and that is we live in the greatest country in the world. What about the international market for Vidgo? Great question. So the rights we've obtained right now are primi- are just for the United States. We're going to focus on selling to customers in the U.S. The licenses and the content rights are only to distribute in the United States. We will have international content playing so c- consumers in the U.S. can watch it, uh, but we're focused on a U.S. distribution model. Very good. Well, thank you very much. This is Artie Ruderman, your host for Business Developers Network and Principal of Innovation Growth Solutions and reminding you to keep on developing your business. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel Networks, we want to thank our guests, sponsors, and you, the audience, for joining us on the Business Developers Network. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. Today's broadcast can be heard on demand on your favorite internet channels, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and across the PBC syndicated networks. We invite you to share the show using the posted social media links and join Artie Ruderman and his guests on the next episode of the Business Developers Network.